Hi everybody, this is Cheryl Richardson here for our weekly Facebook Live and I'm glad to be here with you. Hope that you're having a good day or that you've had a good day depending on where you are. Some of you might just be starting your day and some of you might be ending it, <laughs> going to sleep. Um, anyway, I'm, um, yeah, it's sort of the end of our work day here and um, I am looking forward to hanging out with you. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. See, there you go. Someone's just starting their day. It's amazing what technology can allow us to do to connect with each other from all over the world. I love that about Facebook Live. Anyway, um, so I'm going to wait a couple of minutes. Let me know that you can see me. Just um, send a heart or a thumbs up across so I know. Hi, Janice. Welcome. I'm going to take a couple of minutes to welcome some of you. For those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Cheryl Richardson, as I said, and um, I am the author of several books. The most recent one is called Waking Up in Winter, In Search of What Really Happens, What Really Happens. <laughs> How funny is that? In Search of What Really Happens at Midlife. In Search of What Really Matters at Midlife. And um, I've sort of been teaching self-care and work-life balance and... Um, just well-being, you know, um, well-being strategies all of my career. And um, I often teach what I have to learn myself, and I, um, I end up teaching from my own experience, as a lot of you have, who have read my books know that I deal with uh, a lot of the same things you all deal with. So, um, yeah, hi, everybody. Let's see. We have Jessica. Welcome. Chris. Hi, Chris. Um, he still hasn't called, I bet, Chris, huh? <laughs> Chris and I have, um, Chris is, has been with me for a long time, and we have this long-standing joke where she keeps saying that um, my husband needs to call her, and he just doesn't call her, and she keeps waiting for the call. <laughs> Keep waiting, Chris. One of these days, he's going to surprise you. Hi, Cheryl from uh, Calgary. Glad you're home from work. And Pia, welcome. Amy, hey, Terry, glad you're here. Thank you. And hi, Kim from Oz. How's the man behind the curtain? <laughs> Sandra, welcome. And Venice and Nancy and another Cheryl and Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Welcome. I was just on Sunday. I gave the, uh, the talk at the Unity Church uh, here in my area in Amesbury, Mass. Unity on the River. I didn't see you there, Sheila. I miss seeing you. Hola, Monica um, and Teresa and Paul Di Benedetto. Um, Paul, I grew up next to a um, D. Benedetto family, and um, this my, one of my best friends as a young girl's name was Alice De Benedetto. So I always think of her when I see you. And uh, he's sending love from Australia. Thank you. Um, and hi, Krista, who says it was great to hear you speak and meet you last week in Conk. Do you mean? Um, Oh, Concord. Yeah, probably Concord, New Hampshire. And hey, Kim from Baltimore and Nasrat, welcome. And Marie, thank you. I'm glad you loved waking up in winter. I've been really so appreciative of the, um, of the feedback that I've been getting. And uh, hey, Joanne and Anna. <laughs> Chris, you crack me up. Um, um, Biliana from Brisbane, welcome. All right. So, um, so tonight... I want to talk, um, I, I first want to just tell you this cool little story, this little thing that happened that um, I think is 
is it was kind of like a um a touch of grace you know i wrote a book called the unmistakable touch of grace and it's all about how there is this divine energy in the world that we co-create with and that is communicating with us all the time whether you believe it or not it's it it happens it's powerful energy and um the other was yesterday morning i was sitting in my office working and um it was a beautiful day, so I had the windows open and I'm, the doors open in my office. And um, I still have in my office the bed where Poupon, my cat who passed away, used to sleep. He would sleep in my office right in the window. It was a bed that I had in the window since we moved into this house more than 10 years ago. And um, he would uh, he would always just lay in the bed in the sun while I was working. And every now and then, and some of you who have animals, maybe you've experienced this too, but every now and then uh, he would be, he could be sound asleep and I could just simply go boo and he'd go art, this little art. Some of you may have heard his art because he's visited us on Facebook Live before. And he also visited me. I forgot this week is the, uh, the um, Tapping World Summit is going on. I hope you all are taking advantage of it. I've told you about it and I'm going to, I'll put the link in this uh, post afterwards, um, he is, if you listen to my talk, you actually got to hear him talking. He came in while I was doing that presentation, sat on my lap and started talking. It was crazy. Anyway, I would, anywhere I was in the house, but especially in my office when he was sleeping, I would just say, boo, and he'd go, art, like just automatic. He would always communicate with me. So yesterday morning I was staring at looking at his bed and just staring at it and thinking about, you know, how much I miss him and, you know, I just miss him every day. Like we would, any, any person or furry friend that we spend, um, we spend so much time with and I was remembering, I was just thinking to myself, oh, I really miss his little Ertz, you know, I miss when he used to talk to me. So I was finishing what I was doing and about five minutes later I heard this strange noise outside. And I thought it was either a bird or some kind of an animal. I live in the country and I get wildlife around all the time, but it was a sound I hadn't heard before. So I went to the door in my office and um, I just, I creeped up really, really slowly because I figured if it was an animal, I didn't want to startle it. And I looked out the door, I peered around the corner and up on the gutter over my veranda was a giant gray squirrel. And he was sitting there and he was, um, like chattering, I guess I would call it. Like, dit, 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 dit. he was making this weird, I, I can't do it. <laughs> um, but I've heard them do that before. I actually think they were about to start mating season, I suspect. And it almost sounded like it was some kind of a call. So I was watching him, just, you know, um, admiring how big and strong he looked and marveling at this strange noise he was making. And as he was doing it, all of a sudden he stopped and he went, Argh! just like that. I thought, what? And they started chattering again. And then he stopped and he went, Arr! as if he was almost belching or something. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've never heard a squirrel make that sound before. I'm sure they do. I've just never heard it. And he did it again. Arr! And um, <laughs> I was sort of laughing at him and then he scurried away and I came into my office and then it dawned on me. Oh my God, he was erting. <laughs> he was like, it was like this this moment of, um, I mean, because it really was an urt. It sounded just like a this very powerful urt sound. And uh, in that moment, I thought, you know, 
there is an example of this energy that we are made of and that we live and breathe in and that surrounds us and is here before, exists before we're here and exists long after we're gone. And it just felt like such an example of how we're all connected and how um, just because energy can't die, it just changes form. And, uh, you know, do I think Poupon was a squirrel? I don't know about that. <laughs> but I do think that it was sort of nature, maybe capital N, like the goddess, you know, nature's way of saying, you're not alone. And the energy, the spirit of this little being that you love, the spirit of the being that you loved, whether it was a family member or a friend or a pet, um, that that energy lives on and that the spirit of that being is with us always. And um, it was a poetic moment. And, you know, I find that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of what I tried to capture even in waking up in winter are the simple poetic moments of daily life, whether it's the way the light casts a amber glow on the trees at sunset or the way, um, you know, the iridescent wings of a hummingbird or the way a hummingbird might visit and just hover near you or, um, or like last week when we went from 75 degrees on Wednesday and a snowstorm on Thursday and when I woke up, it was the most incredibly beautiful sight out my window because the sun, it, it was, everything was covered in snow and the sun was rising and everything was sparkling and I just thought, you know, it was one of those moments that reminds me that the soul is here to experience life and to see the beauty that exists even in even during the hardest times, it was a poetic moment. This this scenery of glistening snow and the sunlight, um, and sometimes those poetic moments are uh, moments that we have with people that we care about. You know, today I had lunch with Susan Dowdy, who was the woman who um, co-led my last self care by the sea retreat. And Susan is a women's health nurse practitioner and a dear friend, somebody I love. And uh, we were at the Stage Neck Inn where I hold the retreats. We met there for lunch. And I, as I was sitting there talking to her, you know, this great soul connection. You know how when you get together with a friend that you feel um, is really a soulmate? Uh, I was thinking, you know, this is another one of those poetic moments, a moment where you feel that, that connection with another being and you feel seen and you see them and you're able to have conversations that are meaningful and important and you learn from each other and you laugh with each other and you can cry with each other, whatever it might be. Life is filled with these poetic moments and uh, we just have to be paying attention in order to see them and to appreciate them. And uh, I would love it, you know, if you've experienced that kind of poetic moment, just, just make it... Um, Tell me what happened in the comments. Just one line is fine, but I'd love to just read some. I always read the comments after Facebook Live too, and I'd love to just hear about or read about what you consider to be a poetic moment. Okay, so there's that. And then um, what I want to talk about is, um, I was thinking earlier, I thought, wow, what do I want to talk about here? And then I'm going to take some of your questions and support you in any way I can. Uh, I want to talk about something I've been really, you know, it's something I've done off and on all my life. Um, I, I would say all my adult life. 
And for some reason, after Poupon died, and Michael and I have been dealing with the grief of losing a soulmate because this particular animal was a soulmate, um, I have just, it's brought up lots of questions about death and life and what happens when we die and also what's left behind when we die. And so I felt very, um, just very, I don't know, I've had this like compulsion to just start giving away things and to not just eliminate clutter, but to make space and to recognize that there's certain things that I'm holding on to that had really significant meaning or were important in one way, shape, or form and aren't important anymore. And I just feel this need to, um, to create more visual space, to create more energetic space, and to let go of things. A lot of it was inspired by my sister Carrie. I know that some of you have um, heard me talk about, uh, she's a really wonderful coach, and she wrote a book called um, What Your Clutter Is Trying to Tell You, which is a really powerful book because it goes far beyond the, hey, here's how you get rid of clutter. You know, look at what you love and get rid of everything you don't. It really looks at the, the message and the mess, you know, the hidden reasons why we can't let go of clutter. And my brother-in-law, Tom, and I, both went to hear her speak about eliminating clutter. And when we did, something just happened for both of us. He's closer to my age. Uh, he's a bit older than I am. And we both decided that we wanted to start getting rid of things in our lives, the stuff we were holding on to that felt so important. So we started, we buddied up and we started texting each other back and forth, letting each other know, got rid of this, sold that, you know, gave this thing away. And, um, and so in the last couple of months, I've just been really slowly and systematically going through things. One day I came into my office and I pulled out my files and I just started going through the files. And I went through files of notes I had kept for workshops, speeches I had given, courses I had taught, you know, developed and taught. I just started going through the files and what I realized is going through the work files and this is what I want you to think about as I talk about these this kind of clutter I want you to think about your own life as I was going through the work files I realized wow there is so much old energy here first of all holding on to some of these things reinforces some belief that I I um I don't reinforces a belief that I can't trust myself to create in this moment, I somehow have to rely on the past, even though I haven't looked at those files in years. There was a way in which I looked at some of the old work that I had taught and thought, oh, but you know, that was a valuable course, or that, that really helped people, or those notes could go into a book. And I thought, you know what, at this point in my life, I want what I create to be new, based in present day and fresh. And I have to trust myself enough to know that as an artist and as a writer and as a teacher, I have the ability to create spontaneously in a way that is really valuable, both to myself in terms of the richness of the experience and value to people who will be learning from me or reading my writing. So I started just getting rid of all of that and I felt so incredibly free. I felt creatively free, like suddenly there was this space to create more and to more importantly, space to kind of uh, marinate in. That's what I want to say. 
space to marinate in so that what's next could kind of bubble to the surface instead of me trying to use my head to figure it out. So I went through old work files and got rid of everything thinking, you know, I want to welcome in the new, um, new experiences and new topics and just new art. And so I let go of that. And um, one of the things I've been doing in, in eliminating things is sometimes I play a game with myself and I say, today I'm going to look around the house. I might pick a room. I'm going to look around for three objects that are really meaningful to me that I don't absolutely love anymore, um, but that I want to give to someone special, somebody that I know it will really matter. For example, I, the woman who, uh, one of the women who does my hair at my hair salon is a new mother and she um, loves crystals, loves crystals. She's just an earth mother and she's always loved crystals. And I have a really beautiful crystal collection that I've, that I've loved over the years. And I thought, you know, I could sell some of these, but I don't need the money. And better for me to give them as a gift to, you know, bless them and exchange that energy with somebody who might really not only appreciate it, but have some kind of powerful experience from it. And so every time I go to see her, I bring her one of my crystals. And I started out small with just a small crystal and I've worked my way up because I know it means something to her. And, um, and I just, Michael and I just went through and we chose, so sometimes I do that. I pick, you know, two or three things that are really have been so important to me that it's time to get rid of. Um, another time Michael, Michael came to me and said, let's play a game. Let's just pick one closet in the house tonight and let's together empty out the closet. Well, we had a closet downstairs that we haven't gone through in probably the 10 years that we've lived here. We've just stored a bunch of stuff in it. So Michael, who's a big, strong guy, starts just, we, ha we had stereo equipment, like really nice stereo equipment, speakers, speaker stands, a karaoke machine, which I remember we used when I first met Michael. The, one of the first dates we had when I went to his house, one of the first times I went to his house, we um, we sang karaoke together. It's kind of one of the reasons I knew I loved him. And um, so we had a karaoke machine. We had all this stuff, picture frames, big, beautiful picture frames. We took them out, went through everything, lined everything up, took pictures, texted some of my family and said, here's some mirrors I have. Here's a big television set that we haven't used. You know, who wants it? Whoever wants it first, you know, first come, first serve. And then um, in our local town, we have a free cycle on Facebook. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I learned this from Carrie. Um, excuse me. Carrie has a lot of great resources in her book, too, and I'll put the book in the post here afterwards. I went on to free cycle. Uh, I mean, I went on to our local Facebook page uh, in, our, in my town. We have a free cycle um, page. And um, I just posted pictures of all the stereo equipment. And... Um, we had a PlayStation. I didn't even remember we had a PlayStation. I think it was Michael's when I met him. Um, posted everything on FreeCycle. In two minutes, somebody messaged me and said, I'll take it all. Thank you so much. And when she came to pick up the stuff, it turned out that it was a single mother of five children, um, four of whom are grown, one who just got his own apartment, this young man, who was so excited by the thought of setting up a stereo system. 
you know what, old fashioned, I mean, it wasn't old, I don't know if it's old fashioned, it's not what we see today, but he was thrilled with the idea of having a karaoke machine and a stereo system. And when we loaded up her car with all the stuff, I said to Michael, this is so awesome. Like, I want to see what else we have that we can give away that people are just going to love and value and appreciate and most of all have great experiences with. So we're thinking about as we give things away, we're giving away experiences. We're giving people new experiences. Someone who maybe doesn't have a television. I just found someone recently who has a very small television and doesn't have a lot of money and we have a 48 inch screen TV that, um, you know, it's older, but it's, it's, it works. It's a beautiful television and I can't wait to give it to her because I know it will open a world for her and give her new experiences. So as we've eliminated the clutter, there's a way in which automatically when I walk into a, a, a womb, <laughs> a room, I feel more present in life. I'm less distracted. You know, the stuff we hold on to really does take our energy. It's like there are cords of energy running from us to everything, especially the things that just don't feed us or fuel us or excite us or um, just feel, feel uh, you know, don't give us a good feeling or a good experience. So I, uh, and not only that, but here's what I know for sure, because I have been working with people to eliminate clutter. You know, as a business coach for years, one of the first things I would always do is have people eliminate clutter from their offices. If they wanted more business, they had to start eliminating. We didn't work on marketing strategies. We didn't work on elevator pitches or sales techniques. I always started with making space because the universe will bring you more of what you really want as you make space you feel better about yourself and as your own sense of self worth increases you naturally begin to draw to you better experiences and people and clients and work and all of that so um so i i'm a big big believer in if there's if there are new opportunities and people and experiences you want to bring into your life go clean something out and the last thing I'm going to say about this before I start to take your questions is um, make it really easy. I just this morning I was in the kitchen and I went, opened up a drawer to take out a dish towel and it was just overflowing with stuff and I thought you know what here's a clutter clearing opportunity and I emptied the drawer out put everything on the island looked at everything and thought okay four of those towels I don't use I can give them away to an animal shelter. They love sheets, towels, blankets, boxes. I mean, all of that stuff you can give away. Old paint you can put on free cycle and artists will take it in a heartbeat. I just want to throw that in there because I remember that. Carrie taught me that too. So that one drawer, I just, I eliminated half of what was in that drawer. I have a giant bag that sits by the front door that goes to the thrift store. Put everything I didn't want in the bag, put the stuff for the shelter aside and um, put everything back in the drawer, nice and neat, plenty of space, and I just thought, there, 10 minutes, one drawer, done. So you can make it really, really easy. One little drawer, one filing, you know, one filing drawer, or one section, or um, the nightstand next to your bed, or one bathroom drawer. I mean, trust me, people, if you look in your bathroom, in some of your drawers, I bet you're gonna find stuff there that you, <laughs> 
You don't even remember you bought or you had. Go into the linen closet. Look in there. Look at how many beauty products or body products you have that you haven't used. Look at how much stuff has expired. Oh my Lord. You know, back when I did that, Michael and I both, we spent one night, it was our date night cleaning out the bathroom. <laughs> we have weird date nights, okay? He, he took his section, I took mine, and the amount of stuff we had that had just expired, you know, like creams and lotions and cosmetics, we just got rid of it all. Recycled every single thing that we could, so remember recycle too. But anyway, clutter clearing, really, it's a spiritual practice. That's really what I want to say. You're welcoming new experiences into your life when you engage in the spiritual practice of clearing clutter. And if you have a hard time doing it, then I really recommend that you pick up Carrie's book and you read it because you'll understand. I mean, she makes a great argument for how there are many forms of clutter, not just physical items, uh, many other forms, the beliefs that we hold, um, past experiences we've had, relationships. Um, there's a lot that can clutter up our lives. So anyway, touch of grace, eliminate clutter. Those are the two things. Um, and I'm going to make a point, Terry. Um, so it's, let's say it's 625. And this is when um, I'll start to take your questions. So feel free to, um, yeah, I'm going to go through here. Feel free to just post, hi, Kimberly. And um, so Catherine says, I have boxes and boxes of papers, old bills, need to shred it. But it takes time to go through them. Some of these things we have to have, have a hard time throwing things away that could be used. Well, then don't throw them away. Give them to somebody else that can use them. And yes, I now have a system where all of my financial records are in boxes and labeled. I just did that a long time ago. And every year around tax time, I take one giant box of the appropriate year that can be thrown out and I take it to a shredding truck. And I stand there and you could give it give it to the shredding truck and they just they can dump not only your paper but CDs, hard drives, like anything like that. Any paper you have with paper clips and stuff, they can shred all of that. So um you know Catherine, one of the things I used to do to get paper organized is if you if you've got a favorite TV show, watch it sitting on your living room floor with the paper spread out. Just start with one small bag or drawer or box and spread it all out and look for all the stuff you can get rid of because you can just recycle all of that. Put all of the stuff that needs to be shredded into a box. Don't bother shredding it yourself if you have too much. Better to just bring it to a truck. It's not that expensive. <laughs> yeah, Carol says she loves the clutter clearing date night. I know, right? Yeah, spiritual healing. Her book was called What Your Clutter um What Your Clutter is Trying to Tell You. I'll be sure to put it in the post so you'll find a link to it afterwards. Um Terry, if you could give me the Amazon link for that, I'll just um I'll get it from you afterwards. Let's see. Um thank you Don for being here even though you're late. That's okay. Yeah, purging is a spiritual experience, isn't it? Uh oh yeah, Lorraine, I always get this question. What if family members in your household do not share the same mindset as as you as far as clutter being an energy drain? Um, my husband, Michael, didn't share that same mindset. He tends to hold on to things more than I do. In the very beginning, uh, I stopped trying to get him to clear clutter because it just doesn't work. Trying to, um, you know, make somebody do something like that doesn't work. But what I would say to him is, it's amazing, Michael, what shows up in your life when you eliminate clutter. It's really amazing how 
um, your your life can change. You can start bringing amazing experiences into your life when you make space. And then I would make space, Lorraine, and then I would point out to him what showed up in my life as a result. Because I would say to him, okay, sweetheart, I'm going to clear this closet. You watch. Something amazing is going to show up in my life. I'd clear out the closet. I'd say to him, come on, you have to look at the closet in ooh and ah and tell me how amazing it looks. And he would come and do that with me. And then a week later, something, some great opportunity would show up and I'd say to him, guess what happened? Here's the opportunity that showed up after I cleaned out that closet. And it inspired him to get on board. The other thing we did in the beginning too that made it easier was he had an office and all of his stuff had to be in his office. I never went in there. Um, he had a right to have that room be as cluttered as he wanted and eventually he'd get fed up and he'd start cleaning it. So. You have to kind of work with people, but I say inspire them by showing them the magic that can happen when you create clutter. I mean, when you eliminate clutter. Um, yeah, Joanne has old work journals. Yeah, I mean, you're holding on to all of those old experiences that you have outgrown. It's the same thing with old bills. You know, if you don't shred stuff that you no longer need, you're still holding on to the energy of those experiences. Why do that? Oh, Staples does shredding too. Thanks, Carol. I didn't know that. Um, Pauline's on a mission to clear clutter. That's a good thing. Her book is called What Your Clutter is Trying to Tell You. Um, yeah, Amy says, nostalgia around mom's stuff. I'm trying, but how do you edit such treasures? You know, Amy, um, I would really encourage you to read Carrie's book because she talks about that. As a matter of fact, um, when I went to hear her talk at a local bookstore, people were speaking about that. One of the things she's had me do, and I did this in terms of my dad before he died, is um, there were some like cards that my dad had given me or things that I didn't really want to let go of, and I took digital photos of them so that I could then let them go knowing that I had the photos of them. The truth is, I don't really look at them that much either, though, Amy, because I hold him in my heart and I feel his energy with me. Um, if there are things that are really feel meaningful and valuable to you, see if you can give them to other family members or friends that you really love. Um, and if not, then um, I would, you know, I would look for maybe a local place that takes donations where you can see. Like I have a local thrift store, and sometimes I sit in the parking lot and I watch the elderly people that go in and out of there, and I think I'm inspired to give. Um, give things away because I know that they really will be meaningful to someone. I remember one time I sat outside of a dress for success where you can donate clothes for women who need clothes to go on job interviews and I was so inspired and touched by the women that came through the door that I went home and went through my closets a second time and went back with clothes. So sometimes if you can find a place where you know it will be meaningful to somebody it makes it easier to um, let it go and edit it slowly over time. Um, that's a very interesting, Sarah, interesting question. What's the most freeing category of stuff to get rid of? I love that question. Um, I would say the most freeing category of things to get rid of are the things you feel most troubled by. So, or most overwhelmed by. Um, so for me, 
uh, I know going into my library, I have lots of bookshelves because I love books and I've been reading forever. I read a ton of books. And I can get overwhelmed. You know, books hold a lot of energy, a lot of old energy. Feng Shui says you should not be holding on to lots of books. For me, that was a category. I went through, I started doing this, the retreats that I lead in York, Maine twice a year. Every retreat, I take boxes of books to the retreat. We lay them out on a table and everyone in the retreat is welcome to take whatever they want because usually I'm reading books that those people are interested in and every single book goes. And so that really inspired me to start going through. And for me, I walk into my library now and it feels like I can breathe in a way that I couldn't before. Now I almost have, it's funny, I was just going through it, I almost have nothing left to give away because, excuse me, I've really pared down. That's why, as I was saying to, um, I forget who it was who was, oh, Amy, about mom's treasures, pare down the things that are hard, go through them slowly, just pare down a little. Notice how good it feels. Then you'll pare down more. Notice how good it feels. As you eliminate clutter, you'll start to feel more and more inspired to eliminate more. I'd be interested to know from all of you, what's the category, um, what's the category of stuff that you feel like you'd be most freed up if you got rid of? So post it in here. Thank you, Terry. Terry is, um, Terry posted Carrie's book title right here in the comments. You can find it. Um, yeah, Diane says, what, what do we do with old photos um, that have nothing to do with our life now? That's the other thing, Diane. I've been going through photos, getting rid of every ugly photo, like any photo that I, if, you know, even if it's of other people, I look at it and I say, would I, if I, if I was in that position or that pose or whatever, would I want the photo kept? No. And I get rid of them. I have, and I did this with family photos, I make collages, I just lay them on the floor and then take a digital picture of them. Again, Carrie taught me to do that. Um, it makes all the difference in the world. Now I have like old, um, you know, I have even some old children photos, uh, child photos of my dad and I. I took digital pictures of those. I saved the hard copy, but I knew I wanted the digital because the hard copies don't last unless you, you know, laminate them or something. So I would take pictures of them, digital photos, you can put them into collages and then you'll be able to uh, get rid of them, pass them around to family members too maybe. Um, yeah, I like that Joel. We can't change people but we can influence them by demonstrating. Helene says clutter makes me, makes me anxious. Good. So you're totally minimal. I totally get you. I, I feel that way in a way as well. That's part of the reason I'm doing it. Plus I just feel like, you know, I'm thinking you know, I don't want to leave a bunch of crap for the people around me, for my loved ones, when I leave the planet. I don't, I don't, I don't want people to have to go through stuff, you know. Um, yeah, Bruja says she likes, or she or he likes to burn old papers and bills. It has a cleansing value. I agree with that. Um, yeah, Chris says, I always overdo it and suffer physically. Yeah, Chris, there's nothing that will get you to stop clearing clutter quicker than taking on too much. That's why I say one drawer at a time, you put a bag by the front door, one item a day, 30 items will be gone at the end of a month. That's a lot of clutter to get rid of. Um, 
Oh, I love it. Sharon says, I just cleaned out a filing cabinet drawer while you were speaking. Okay, that's awesome. I love that. We should do that. I'm going to do a Facebook Live sometime where you can sort of walk around with me and just, or pick, we'll set up a clutter clearing Facebook Live where we'll all pick something that we'll go through. How about that? Um, ooh, Carol, that's great. I just went through all the DVDs and brought them to a buyback store and got $35. And now I feel good. You know, thank you, Carol, because I just found a whole bunch of DVDs that I have that I need to get rid of. And, you know, I wouldn't mind giving them to someone that could use the money and let them go take it back. I mean, listen, I love money like the next person, but I also love being generous and sharing the wealth. That's how I get the money that I have by sharing the wealth. Um, all right, let's see. Um... Um, Boyda says, I guess Michael was just afraid to be, to be cluttered to you one day <laughs> if he hadn't the courage to free himself. Yeah, he's never going to be cluttered to me, that's for sure. But that's something he would say without a doubt. Um, yep, uh, this is great. Oh, yeah, Bernie, I'm so sorry. She says, I've been steadily clearing clutter since my husband died last July. Um, I can't read the rest of your... Um, um, Anna Lynn says, I have saved artwork of my children. They are 30 now and don't want any of it. Oh, doesn't that just suck? How come they don't want any of it? That's another example, um, Anne, Anna Lynn. I would take pictures of that before you get rid of it. I don't know. I would love to see artwork if my mother saved it. Um, even to just take pictures of it. Maybe they want to take pictures of it. If so, give it to them and let them take pictures. Uh, let's see. Great D's archiving files. Um, Julie says, um, I want to tell people that I chose a closet in my guest room and decided not to leave that room until purging stuff made me feel better. I found my mood in general had changed over the entire weekend because I finished one decluttering job. It's also the perfect indoor activity while we're here in the Northeast waiting for spring. I agree with you. I think that's why I'm doing it too. So, um, yeah, Diane says, what about when you give something away and then you need it back? You can't get it back. I did that. I gave away, oh God, what did I give away last week? I gave away something. Oh, I don't know why. I gave away a curling iron, like one of those um, like rod curling irons because I hadn't been using it. So I gave it away and then I, then I went to, I forgot I gave it away because I wanted to use it. And I thought, why did I do that? Well, if I really want it, I'll go buy another one. So far, I haven't. So you can't really take it back once you've given it to somebody, I don't think. Um, hey, Carrie. Carrie, you're here. <laughs> I should have had you on here with me. Um, we're talking about clutter. And um, you probably have heard, hey, Jerry, it's good to see you too, see your face anyway. Yeah. Um, Christine says, I have a box full of old journals. Not sure if I should keep them or not. Boy, Christine, before I before I started editing Waking Up in Winter, I almost shredded all of my journals. I didn't. I'm glad I didn't because it wasn't the right time. I would have regretted it. I trust that I'll know if it's the right time. But if not, I did put in my estate planning that all of my journals are to go with me in the box before I am... Um, cremated so they get cremated with me if they if I still have them um, I just would want all of them to go with me so 
That's a tough call. I don't know. You know, I have a good friend of mine who burned all of her journals and never looked back. It was the right thing for her. So I think it has to feel right to you. Um, yeah, Carrie, lots of questions about, you know, how do you get rid of stuff from your parents, meaningful family heirlooms that you, f you don't love them, but you feel bad about getting rid of them. If you're still here, give us a comment about that. Um, see, Kristen's now decluttering as we speak. I'm telling you, we're going to do a, a declutter Facebook Live. Um, yeah, Joanne, going through the pantry and bathrooms. You can donate so much stuff. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, Christine, same thing. I gave away several of my cookbooks to a friend of mine who loves to cook. I don't love to cook. And I realized every time I, want, I needed a recipe, I went online. It was so much easier than going to a cookbook. So um, I think, you know, if you don't use them, somebody's going to love them. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, um, yes, I see, Bernie, you're saying that your husband was a real hoarder. You're really paring down. Um, with my own stuff too, 30 years of stuff takes a long time. It does, but boy, it is a spiritual practice to be getting rid of this stuff. I promise you, your life is going to change dramatically the more you eliminate clutter. Carrie would back me up on that. She's seen it a million times. By the way, you guys, she also does these wonderful clutter clearing courses. Say that three times fast. Clutter clearing courses, clutter clearing courses, clutter clearing courses. <laughs> really good courses. Um, so if you actually want to work with a group of people to eliminate clutter, go to carryrichardson.com. I looked up carryrichardson.com. I'll put that, I'm going to make a note. I'll put her website, um, and her book as well. Okay. Let's see. We're coming to the end, but I'm just going to look here. Um, yeah, Diane says that her son struggles getting a good night's sleep and they often go in and clean his room and he sleeps better. Yes, because the stuff we hold on to holds energy. If you want to sleep better, um, uh, you clean out your room. Get the stuff on your nightstand out of the way, for sure. Um, let's see. <laughs> Oh, Joanna says, I just defrosted my freezer last night and got worried with the amount of food I store there for months. Had no perception. I do declutter often, but so much work still to do. I'm an adult child of a hoarder, so I feel motivated to let go of things and overcome the attachment. Good for you. Still have trouble with clothes and old CDs? I have trouble with old CDs, too, so Carrie's going to have to give me some. I don't want to sit and, like, put them in, you know, put them in iTunes. I just don't want to do that. I don't know, maybe I should hire somebody to do it. I always say, share the wealth. If you can afford to, hire somebody needs the money. Hire them to do it. Maybe I should do that. I wonder what you'd say about that, Carrie. Um, yeah, Kelly, the book covers um, how to deal with past regret, guilt, getting rid of things. Yeah, it deals with some of the emotional stuff around clutter, which is what's so important. Um, <laughs> Lisa's now clearing her dining room table. This is awesome that you guys are doing that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, lots of, lots of wardrobe. You know, I have a good friend of mine, Ginger Burr, who is an image consultant. And, uh, I'm going to do a Facebook live with her at some point because she just started this really awesome online community called Styled by Ginger, where you can, um, 
you could join the community, pay like a small monthly fee and get coaching on your wardrobe, which also includes paring down a wardrobe. And I'm going to have her on at some point. I'm going to make a note. Oops. I'm going to make a note about Ginger. Terry, will you remind me of Ginger? Because I just dropped my pen across the room. Um, I'll give you Ginger's uh, uh, website as well on here. Um, yep, cleaning is like cleansing the soul, Patty. Absolutely. All right. Nancy Case says, love Carrie Richardson's book and her workshop on clearing clutter. Um, good. Good for you, Nancy. You took it. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Um, I'm so lucky she's my sister, so I get her to myself. <laughs> there you are. Um, oh, Carrie says, I have a rod curling iron. I don't use that you can have. How awesome is that? Yay! Thanks, sis. I appreciate it. Now you just have to come home and give it to me. Um, all right, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, yeah. People are clearing out their bathroom. People declutter as they listen to my radio show. Oh, thank you. So on Mondays, Carrie does a radio show on hayhouse.com. It's at 2 o'clock Eastern. You, I'm sure it's on her website, so I'm going to give you her website. You can, um, you can call her with your clutter questions. Please do that. Make a note. Monday, 2 o'clock Eastern, carryrichardson.com. I'll put the info on here. That way you can get coaching from her. That would be great. If feeling guilty about getting rid of family items, the first clutter to address is the guilt. There you go, Carrie. That's what Carrie says. If you feel guilty about getting rid of family items, the first clutter to address is the guilt. You see what I mean? She's talking about what's going on underneath the clutter that keeps people stuck. Um, yeah, okay, we've got some good advice already. Um, so some of you who are just joining, make sure you, you go back and you watch this Facebook Live because I've addressed some of your questions already. Um, yeah, Christine, great. Wait on the journals until it feels right. Um, yeah, Kelly says, you should, only, should you only declutter what is yours, not someone else's, like a parent that can't be bothered to declutter? I'm not going to answer that. I... Um, I think I think it I, normally I would say you should not you should not throw away other people's stuff. I think you can ask them about it. I think if you do have an aging parent that's got too much stuff that you know that they're not even going to notice that you, I'm talking about you know old papers that they don't need or um, I mean it's always best to check with people. Let me just say that. But there are situations where maybe you're going to end up needing to um, declutter for someone. So. <laughs> Sarah says, I'm in the UK and therefore in bed, but I'm itching to get up and sort my wardrobe. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I know, it's inspiring to talk about this, isn't it? Kathleen's taking Carrie's course and says it's wonderful. So um, clutter clearing courses for old relationships. Sama, that's a lot of what Carrie covers as well. So yeah, um, check out her resource when we're done here. All right, everybody. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, this is great. So listen to this, everyone. Elizabeth says, I work at a small assisted living where most people are on Medicaid. They love to receive gifts that are donated and pre-loved. 
We've received great bingo prizes and craft items for wonderful projects. They love when people think about them. Now, how awesome is that? That never would have even occurred to me, um, Elizabeth. Like, I have art supplies, you know, um, big pads of paper. I like, it just never would have occurred to me. I love that idea. So going to a nursing home, assisted living facilities, anything like that, that's an excellent, I know, it is. Everybody's like, yeah, it's a great idea. Um, yeah, thinking about what could people give away as prizes. And you can now say this to the people that, um, the nursing homes that you go to. Let's see, Carrie says, difficult for someone else to know what songs you'd want ripped unless you want them all. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Declutter for DVDs. Oh, declutter.com for DVDs, CD. All right, so Carrie's putting great resources in here, people. So uh, make sure you check, uh, look for Carrie in the comments as well. <laughs> okay, this is where I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish with a good laugh. Chris says, I decluttered your husband since he never calls. <laughs> I started Facebook Live by talking about Chris, who is one of my Facebook buddies here that I've never met, who always says, Michael never calls. It's been a long, ongoing joke with us for years now, I think. And she said, I decluttered your husband because he never calls, since he never calls. I'm going to let him know that, dear. All right, everybody, listen, this has been great. Thank you so much for all of your ideas and your questions, just for being here with me. I appreciate that so much. I'm going to sit down and put all of these resources into this Facebook post so you can come back. You can find out where to get um, Waking Up in Winter. Oh, by the way, I want to let you know the retreat that I'm doing in May with Russ Hudson, who is the world's leading expert on the Enneagram. We're talking about transition and transformational tools to get you through times of transition. I think there's only like nine spots left. It's almost filled. So if you're thinking of coming to the retreat, please, please register soon um, because when it's, when it's done, it's done. Um, and I'll put a link to that as well in here. And um, all the other resources, Carrie, all of Carrie's resources I'll put in there and anything else I can think of. Uh, but thank you, everybody. Thank you. And I look forward to being with you next week, all right? So this week, clean some clutter. Get rid of some clutter, okay? <laughs> and look for signs of grace. Look for those moments, those poetic moments in life that we started tonight's Facebook Live talking about, all right? This has been my poetic moment. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye.